Do you know what really sucks? Is sitting down to edit your project and realizing that you have gaps in your coverage or shots missing? You need to have a really good, specific, and detailed shot list. Head over to filmmakersecrets.com slash shot list, S-H-O-T-L-I-S-T, to get a killer shot list template along with some training where I show you step-by-step exactly how to use it. Being able to tell a story through a still photograph was very similar to the way that you have to tell stories as a filmmaker. Filmmakers have the power to evoke emotion, inspire thought, and drive universal change in this world. Right now, a real seismic shift is happening in the film industry. This is your best chance to join a new filmmaking movement. You have been called to create an everlasting impact with your unmatched, deep desire to tell authentic stories. So how does a filmmaker thrive in an environment that is almost intentionally designed to bring you down? That is the question, and this podcast reveals the answer. Welcome to Filmmaker Secrets. What's happening, filmmakers? It's George VK. Welcome to Filmmaker Secrets Podcast, episode number 12. This is a solo show, and it's Monday, if you are listening to this when it came out. It's Sunday when I'm recording this, and I've been up since 4 a.m. because my wife and I decided to go for a sunrise hike in the beautiful Colorado Rockies, and it was difficult to get up. Uh, my wife is amazing. She was able to somehow wake me up. I don't know how she did it because I like to think of myself as a morning person. Maybe I just want to be a morning person, but it's very difficult for me to get up early in the morning. I'm usually, uh, I consider myself sort of a night owl and I stay up late thinking and scheming and planning. But waking up in the morning is something that I want to get better at because it's almost as if you wake up before the rest of the world. The roads haven't even been built yet. The buildings haven't been put in place. The world is just waking up and being constructed in front of your eyes as the sun comes up over the horizon. We went to a place called St. Mary's Glacier. And it's a beautiful trail leading up to a frozen lake with obscure trees and rock formations and snow and ice, definitely ice. If you are hiking, please be sure to have a good pair of hiking boots and perhaps some spikes on them so that you don't slip because it could be very dangerous. Anyhow, it was a practice of self discipline and forcing yourself to do something that you planned initially, but really don't want to do in the moment. And I think us as filmmakers need to take advantage of that learning because Golden Hour is one of the more beautiful and intriguing and absolutely gorgeous times in the day. Golden Hour, just after Blue Hour, just before the sun actually rises over the horizon. And it starts bathing the mountains and the ground with the beautiful golden light. And that's really going to be the time for you to capture the most uh, aesthetically pleasing, beautifully lit with the soft golden light images. 
And that brings me to the topic that I want to discuss on this solo podcast episode of Filmmaker's Secrets today, and that is the importance of photography in your filmmaking. You know, when I was very young, my family and I went on vacation to the United Arab Emirates quite a lot. It was kind of like our Mexico. Uh, And when I was about five or six years old, my mom gifted me this toy when we went on vacation. And it was this large yellow plastic camera toy. It was about as big as my head. And it had a big blue button for the shutter and a nice smiling face on the lens. Every time you push the shutter, it would say, smile. And I just, I loved that so much. I took it with me everywhere. And then when we immigrated to the United States, we came straight to Colorado. And I started dabbling in web design, graphic design. I was uh, learning Macromedia Flash back before it was Adobe. And I would make these motion banners for people's websites and slowly but surely charging $20, $40 per project, I was able to save up enough to be able to purchase my own digital camera. Ah, what an amazing thing to be able to say, I earned this, this is my passion, this is my thing. And I took that thing with me everywhere. I mean... All the time, I started being known as the guy with the camera, the boy that can take our photos, and I, w- I started taking headshots for, for people, people that wanted to become actors and friends that needed some portraits done and couples that were getting engaged that wanted to get an engagement photos, and I was dabbling in all kinds of different styles of photography, landscape, architecture macro photography, all these different things that I was geeking out on, learning as much as I could. And that's where my passion for filmmaking was born, is I wanted to take it to the next level. And not to say that photography is below filmmaking, it's certainly a different art form, but they play off each other so well. Because if you know how to take a good photograph, if you know the principles of lighting, composition, framing, time of day that you need to be taking photos for the most aesthetically pleasing shot, then it translates really well to filmmaking. And so my senior year of high school, I was speaking with my theater teacher at the time, Chrissy Martin, and I was telling her, I have no clue where I need, where I want to go to college, what I want to do for the rest of my life, or what kind of specialty I want to develop. And she had suggested CU Denver She mentioned that it had a combined theater and film department, which sounded perfect to me. And so I pulled the plug and I applied to college and I started my filmmaking career from that point on. And the photography aspects that I was learning translated so well to filmmaking that it was just such a natural transition. Being able to tell a story through a still photograph was very similar to the way that you have to tell stories as a filmmaker. If you're able to take this one still, one moment, be able to tell a story with that, whether you're doing portraits, landscape, macro photography, whatever else, other segments of photography that there are, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, 
then you're able to translate that into the 24 frames per second that you're given in filmmaking or, you know, 30 or 60, whatever frame rate that's your favorite. I prefer 24 because it's obviously the most cinematic, the most filmic look. I believe the human eye sees about 72 frames per second, but the 24 frames per second tends to be the most pleasing to the human eye, which is why that's the case. You know, when you get into 30 frames per second, it obviously starts to look video and a little bit jarring in that sense. And then you get into 48 frames per second and 60 for slow-mo, 120, 1200 frames per second. That just gets convoluted. But focus on the storytelling aspect of filmmaking and start with the aspects of photography. If you can master the one still frame, you can easily then translate that to the storytelling of filmmaking. When I was in college, there were two kinds of filmmakers that I noticed. And I resented the one kind, which is the people that really just wanted to run around with a camera and press record and capture whatever it was in front of their eyes without taking a second to think about why they want to shoot this film or why they want to tell this story. Because more often than not, this story got lost and it got thrown by the wayside because they just wanted to run around with a camera. And then there were the type of filmmakers that truly cared for the storytelling aspect of filmmaking, and they developed that first. The way that I did it was I started with the most basic concept, which to me was photography, being able to tell a story through this one moment, and then translating that to 24 photos per second and beyond. So I would like for you the filmmakers listening to Filmmaker Secrets podcast, to really think about what is important to you. Is it just running around and capturing beautiful shots? Or do you want to actually move your audience to take action, to have an impact, to do something that matters and tell a meaningful story that's going to be one, compelling, and two, something that people care and rave about, stories that will live on past their expiration date, so to say. Because a story is something that will uplift your film and give it true meaning. It will make your audience care. It will pull them in, make it relatable, and it's going to raise the perceived value of your film if you infuse a really good story. And it doesn't matter if you're working on narrative film, documentaries, commercials, broadcast, or if you're capturing an event. If you infuse a story into it, it's going to make it that much better. It's going to raise the perceived value of your film and make people care and rave about it. So there you have it, filmmakers. I'm hoping that all of that made sense. It's something that I believe in and I think is really important to understand this basic concept of crafting a story through a still frame and then translating that into a motion picture, a moving frame with motion. And when I say motion, I don't mean that there's just motion within the still frame, like you're capturing a person in motion. I mean those 24 frames per second and beyond. I hope that this wasn't too rambly. I'm a little tired since I've been up since 4 a.m. 
but I really appreciate you listening and sticking through it. Uh, please, if you enjoyed this or got any sort of value from it, go ahead and screenshot your podcast app, post it on social, and tag me in it. I'd love to see your posts. I know that I truly believe in this concept of photography first and filmmaking second. Master the still frame so that you can translate to 24 frames per second. Once again, it's George VK. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. If you like that, then you are going to love my Cine Racing Challenge. This is a seven-day filmmaking competition where your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to write, shoot, and edit a short 60-second film in just seven days for your one chance to win with over $10,000 in prizes. So head over to CineRacing.com. That's C-I-N-E-R-A-C-I-N-G.com to get registered spots are filling up fast and the timer is ticking before the next Cine Racing Challenge launches so be sure to head over to CineRacing.com right now to get registered. I'll see you over there.